Welcome to the She Who Dares Wins podcast. My guest today is Ramit Javid, um, and I'd like to say welcome. Thank you. No worries. So just to give the audience a little bit of context, we met back in, wow, pre-COVID times. Just before COVID, actually. Just be- yeah, literally just before. I was actually on International Women's Day, which is, I think, early March, um, and I think a week after the you know series of lockdowns started happening. So Yeah, we were kind of joking a little bit about you know not being able to shake hands or talk and uh, wow if only we had known right it's crazy times but we met and we did a event together for like you say um international women's day and there's some great discussions there but more importantly I'll get to meet you and um yeah I was just so intrigued by your story and I think a lot of um our experiences aligned and so I thought perfect Mm. to get you on the podcast Thanks, Michelle. No worries. So start off for me, if you would. And I mean, for the guests out there, your title right now is Director of Engineering for Deliveroo. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but your career has been pretty astonishing. So can you just run me through from as far back as you want to go to how you got to the position that you're in now? So I was born in Pakistan. Uh, my parents immigrated to Canada when I was young. Um, so I actually grew up here in Toronto, Canada. Um, and, you know, I did all my schooling here. I did computer engineering as part of um, my university. Um, and as soon as I graduated, I, I firstly just expected myself to, like, you know, lead a life in, in Toronto, Canada. Um, but that, that didn't happen. Um, I ended up actually um, getting a job at Microsoft, which is in Seattle, on the other side of the country. Um, so that's more closely aligned with Vancouver um, from a Canadian border perspective. Um, and yeah, I ended up moving out. I was 21. Um, and then I was there in Seattle for about a few years. I worked uh, for Windows at Microsoft there. Um, and that was sort of my first uh, position full time. Um, but while I was in Toronto, I worked at IBM and I worked at Research in Motion as um, internships during um, my school year or during while I was studying for computer engineering. Um, and yeah, a few years into Seattle and um, I kind of decided that I was like, OK, I've gotten a good flavor. What looks like what? Um, my life would look like at Microsoft. Um, and at that point, my sister has also moved to the Bay Area. Um, so from like probably like a little bit of a career slash family perspective, I decided to move to the Bay Area myself because um, the opportunities for people in tech in the Bay Area is just unparalleled. It's it's unmatched uh, to anywhere else. Um, and I just thought it would be a good opportunity for me to get that exposure. Um, so I moved there, I still moved with Microsoft and I was with Microsoft for probably like a year and a little more with them. Um, and then I switched into a FinTech startup that's called Belt's Front. Um, and it was still quite in its like early stages and stuff. Um, so one of the, you know, sort of core benefits of joining Belt's Front at that stage was that I got a chance to actually grow with the company. Um, so as the company was transitioning and really like, you know, growing and, and you know, launching new products and and just significantly growing even in terms of headcount. I was not only able to experience that, but my own role grew as a part of that. 
Um, so I was there for about almost four years. And, um, and then, yeah, I was kind of like, you know, at that phase again, where I was just like, okay, um, do I want to go and find another opportunity in the Bay Area? Or do I just want to do something completely different? Um, and at that point, I was just like, okay, you know, let's try London. Um, because Europe and tech in Europe is just so different. Um, and I had no exposure to that before. Um, and so, yeah, I just actually started exploring opportunities in London. I had only visited London like a few times before that. Um, and I was just, and I think I was quite enamored by the city itself, um, how much diversity it has um, and, and just the place that it is and stuff. And also how close it is to like Europe and like, you know, even other parts of the world and stuff, as opposed to North America, which is kind of like, on its own with like yeah. an ocean on each side um so yeah i just thought it'd be like sort of like a cool and a neat experience to try for a few years um so yeah i explored opportunities in london i had no idea what i was getting myself into and there was a good chance that like nothing would pan out because you know it's just like I, i've never heard of tech opportunities in london so luckily enough though um i got through some connections i got connected to the previous cto at Deliveroo, um and he just asked me to kind of and, and we kind of like when we spoke we kind of aligned really well because like you know he he was a new yorker actually and he was in the bay area for facebook um so a lot of our like you know experiences of being the outsider in the bay area then going to the bay area then feeling you know kind of a bit over the bay area was similar um and then he made that transition to london like before i did um so yeah he asked me to fly over and then just like you know interview at Deliveroo um I did that and I think I was quite pleased about like just like you know how I found Deliveroo um it was probably like you know it is probably uh to a certain degree like probably one of the most unique uh unicorn startups uh in not actually not only the UK but probably all of Europe I would say um in terms of like the stage that it's gotten to because I don't think startups that are started overall actually in mind say the UK but Europe do not reach to the phase that it has reached right like Deliveroo you know it's on its path to an IPO right now um which is quite remarkable because like you know how many companies even in the Bay Area like you know end up going towards that path and stuff and strongly progressing towards it um and so yeah I think very similar to like kind of what happened with Voltron I think like you know the sort of um challenges and the growth that I've seen with Deliveroo I think has just fueled me to grow myself as a person um as a man in, in a management management position and um yeah it, it's it's been quite a journey even though it's just only been two and a half years with Deliveroo but it's been quite a journey and it's been very very exciting very interesting and I would say with Deliveroo I also got a flavor of New York tech because um when I came on to Deliveroo I led the New York team that we have which was a result of an acquisition um and so I started going to New York and spending some time there and just getting a bit more exposed to like you know the tech and how it is there um, which is quite interesting to like just have witnessed how tech is in Toronto in Seattle in the Bay Area in New York in London um, I think the sort of compare and contrast um, of each of those areas just like um, I think helps me become a better engineer and helps me become a better person with a different perspective and multiple perspectives on tech. Right. I mean, it's it's just an incredible career, like Microsoft, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, and going to the Bay Area where it's all happening, the Facebook, and it, it's such an incredible journey. Um, so what, women in tech is a big discussion, you know, and women in STEM, and you, you hear of, um, you know, Silicon Valley and, and everything that goes on there. And how much of it is true? Like, are women well represented there within the tech industry or is it still very much, you know, small numbers? Um, I mean, truth be told, I think it is 
still small numbers, right? I think one of the bigger challenges that we always have, uh, that I've always seen is like, not even in the entry level positions, but as women progress in their career, that number just like, you know, it's just continues to diminish. Um, so as progression increases, the numbers diminish. And so, yeah, you know, when you do get to like, sort of like the upper and the top levels, um, you see very limited representation of women there. Um, and then I think then the challenges of like, you know, being so few and being that minority, like, you know, they do come, right? So, you know, I've known cases where, I mean, and, and we've all heard about those stories that do come out of the Bay Area. And the thing is, like, they still haven't stopped, right? They've come out of tech. But it's not like, you know, Susan Fowler, like, was a whistleblower. And, like, since then, everything's gotten better. Yeah. Um, like, I think, you know, that, that was a, a great thing that she did. But, like, I think it only sort of exposed, um, you know, what the problem that we all have to face at hand it doesn't really say that every company's gone like oh yeah okay you know let's let's just do something about it and we will do something about it um i still feel that with a lot of women like you know they're either held to a different standard they're they're viewed differently they're the way that they come out and the way that they present um they're judged differently from their male peers and i think um probably like the best way to like summarize like the challenges um, that probably women would face or, you know, sort of the diversity issue that we have um, was by this um, woman that I, I attended this like talk one time and, and she was like one of the speakers. And what she said would like really stuck to me was that she's like, you know, I sit in boardrooms, I sit in exec rooms. Um, and very often in those rooms, I find, you know, some exceptional men and I find few exceptional women. But the thing is that I also find there is that I find some unexceptional men, but I never find unexceptional women there. Right. And I wow. think that's okay. and I think that's the biggest difference. It's not about the fact that like, you know, if you have that amazing exceptional woman that like, you know, the thing is she's gonna be persistent, she's gonna be resilient, she's gonna face like pushback and she's gonna face those challenges, sure. but she's gonna like pull through and power through, right? Like exceptionality like shines eventually, right? Like you can suppress it only to a certain degree. But I think the bigger challenge that we have is like the amount of unexceptional men that are just allowed to pass through the system. Right. Um, and I've seen that firsthand. And I think that is what really discourages you. That's what really like pushes you back, right? To go like, why is there a different standard applied to me like why do I have to jump all sorts of hoops to get to where I have to get to whereas for men it's just like you know hanging out or like you know like you know just making those relationships and acquaintances and stuff and that will like sort of ease their way through and stuff um but yeah I think that and I'm not trying to advocate for like oh let's get unexceptional women in those rooms but I'm just trying to say that <laughs> those rooms should only have exceptional individuals People, men yeah. versus yeah exactly irrespective yeah. of men versus women so yeah yeah well I think there's a figure um that was thrown around was uh, when women apply for jobs um mm -hmm. they apply when they're like 80 percent sure that they're qualified whereas men will yeah. apply when they're like 40 percent. i need to get the right the, the actual figure yeah, right yeah. For that. no but, no no yeah but it, it, it is somewhere crazy um and that it is right and it's immensely frustrating for you how do you do feel like you, there's always that standpoint of you've got your job to do and then you have to fight this battle to to win your place at the table how have you dealt with that i mean from such an incredible young age going into those huge companies um and being on your own you know being a different race being a different gender like how have you managed to get to there have you main, maintained your sanity <laughs> Um, so I think uh, probably I would say like one of my earliest experiences in life was like, you know, being an immigrant, being an immigrant to Canada. Um, and I think one of the things that that experience led me to sort of like 
come to the realization of um, or get comfortable with with like being comfortable with, be, uh, with being the different person in the room right and i think you know for a lot of people initially like you know they might not face this they might face this that like you know a very later part of their life or later part of their career because they've always been surrounded by people who look like them who think like them or have the same background as them and with me like you know being the immigrant like you already you know as a child you're being put into a classroom where you look the most different right like no one looks like you um and no one has like you know the same background as you and like you know of course like you know for an immigrant child like you know you're still very much of an esl which is english is your second language so even from a language perspective right like you're just like oh no one speaks the same way i do right now right like that changes very very quickly for children and stuff um and i think maybe one part of that entire experience that i was able to take away was like get comfortable with being different and not feel either that i'm too inferior or too superior that just like you know my diversity it is what it is it is who i am kind of thing right um and i think that's kind of like led me through with a lot of the stuff so like you know now that i go into rooms where like i'm the only woman or i'm the only like sort of south asian uh, woman of south asian descent um it doesn't bother me it doesn't bother me one bit right i would say also that i've probably been a bit more luckier because i've always been in places which are very liberal and mm-hmm. open minded so like you know places like toronto places like seattle places like california even london these are these are quite diverse places and stuff and so like they do appreciate diversity but yeah you know you can get into a room and so one part of that is just that mental sort of thing of like not having any sort of complexes about who you are and being comfortable in your own skin um and then i mean yeah i mean i'll i'll be honest i am human it does get to me right like you know there's times in which if i see you know either an unfair promotion or if i just see like you know that the bare kids for me are way higher than someone else and like the challenges of the system like it does move you to tears right that has mm-hmm. happened to me um but i think the thing that just sort of like brings you up back again is just like well you know i made it this far right like do am i going to let this hold me back right and i think the other thing is also like and maybe this is just um too philanthropic of me to think or whatever else but um it's just the fact that like if i do make it to the next level that i am going to be some sort of like an inspiration or a role model for someone else right um you know i'm trying to push this far because there are still a few women who are at the top who are my inspiration who are my role models right, right. um who have like you know really pushed and transgressed the boundaries so why would i not do that for someone else right i think you know in our talk when we when we had it which is like i don't know like it feels like years ago now but it was just <laughs> actually it was still earlier this year um we talked about like you know like you know pull it like you know not pulling up the ladder right mm-hmm. um and in some sense like you know i also feel that like the more there are of us in those like you know at the top, at the upper layer the top layer um the more we can allow for like you know more more women to come you know and and make their way to the top and stuff um so whether you're there because you know you want to make sure that like yes you might have a hard time getting your voice heard but you're going to help sort of change the rules of the game so that like you know voices are not heard based on gender and like you know voices are not heard because everyone you know thinks the same way and stuff um or whether or not like you know you're going to be that sort of like inspiration for someone else and and any such um so i think you know like it's just a collection of all of those things and you know at the end of the day i do believe i was like you know like if i push hard and if i push myself to be exceptional like nothing will stop me right like you know yes it will stop me for a few times but you know it's just it's what they say right like what is it like 
luck is where persistence meets chance or something where it's just yeah. like you know no one just gets randomly like you can get randomly like you like once or twice but at the end of the day it is your hard work it's your resilience it's your attitude and um it, very early on in my career like you know someone just told me like there's too many smart people around so if you work hard and if you're good like people can't turn a blind eye to that like for too long right like it is going to come out um and i think you know those are all the things and and i tell myself like you know it's just like no you got to fight like you know you you can't just give up right and to be honest i've seen this quality in a lot of women like the ability to be persistent and just like i would not give up um and i i think yeah those are all the things that like after you go through that emotional phase and you're just like this is not fair and i want to give up and blah 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 like then you're just like okay let's come back to like sort of like the more yeah. re- re- rational mind and stuff of like how am i going to do this right so yeah yeah well no it is because there's so many if you lay it on the table all the things that we have to go through you know mm-hmm. fighting for the position seeing men overtake us in certain positions when they're not as qualified or not as good as the job um you know being the elephant in the room half the time mm-hmm. all those things sometimes you do come home and you think why why am I doing this and you've beautifully explained there the reasons why you know is we have to pave the way for those coming through but also um like you said is you you've got to be resilient and you've got to push through because what else do you do um and and putting a positive spin on that like you said you know you work hard and you keep chipping away and eventually you will get you will get there um Mm -hmm. yeah it is it's it is hard but like you said it's those qualities that have have kept you going and kept you sane um there's some really really golden nuggets of information that you've shared with us there um (laughs) And and you have kept your sanity. You know, you're not screaming at, at men saying this is not right. You've you know yeah. you're earning earning your place there. And I think it comes back to the place where you have to accept the reality, isn't it? That you know the reality of your work and, and work with it. You can't work against it because you start working against it. You know, it's not going to work out. Oh, for sure, for sure. And I think you know maybe even that part of it, like I've seen, um, I, I can probably attribute a bit of that to actually having an immigrant background because um, it, this is actually quite interesting. I feel like you know with immigrants, there's like probably two ways that I've seen them go and so one is that you come in and then you almost segregate yourself, right, and becomes an us versus a them problem kind of thing. And I've seen that actually. Um, I think I've seen that more in the UK than in North America because I've seen you know those societies and stuff where people are like second or third generation, um, you know like now and they still have their own communities they still have their own societies and you go in there it doesn't feel like the UK doesn't feel like the London Uh, it doesn't feel like London because of how they operate and stuff right but I think there's sort of you know one of the sort of drawbacks of that is that like you know they haven't fully integrated into the society that you know you consider London or you consider UK right whereas I feel like for example in North America right you know actually Canada is probably one of the best examples that you know I think most Canadians are Canadians and something else, right? So we mm-hmm. really appreciate our diversity. We really appreciate who we are. But at the same time, we're going to be like, no, we're going to go out and form a collective society, right? So it's not just going to be um, people of this, you know, background are in this community and people of this other background are in this community. And like, you know, it's always like this us versus them kind of thing. Like, no, this is our country. Like, you know, this is our nation. And then, you know, we're going to collectively put part, part of this, which is very similar to like, if I see something, a challenge at work, like I don't go around like, you know, 
basically talk to five other women and then just go like yeah let's just boycott all those like you know meetings and stuff and like you know this is going to be our attitude and this sucks and like nothing's going to change like the way that you need to make a change is to go back into those important meeting rooms and make sure your voice is heard right like yeah. and voice is heard in a manner in which people don't think that it is an us versus them right like you know you're you're a part of them just as they are a part of you kind of thing and i think that's another sort of like mentality which is like it's you know i i don't want to ever be that person and i think we probably even touched upon that a lot a little bit in our talk which was like there's so many of these like you know talks with women and like these conferences and and all of those things in which it's just women talking about issues that women face in the workplace and it's with a room full of women right it's just like well <laughs> how much how far do you think we can get with that right like yeah. we, we look at it we were, trying, we were trying to see how many men were in the room and we're like yeah that number needs to increase if this is going to substantially meaningfully change right um so i think it's, it's, it's that similar mentality of like you know No, if you want to make a change in the system, you have to be part of the system. You have to figure out a way to thrive in the system. Um, and then you have to let more people come into that system to make a change. You don't go off and make your own little society and then just go like, yeah, now I'm going to call the rules and there's going to be no men because like, blah, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be quite funny. <laughs> Howdy, folks. I really hope you're enjoying this week's episode of the podcast. If you've got time, head over to www.shewhodareswins.com where you'll find a ton of awesome merch, hoodies and tees. You'll also find a bunch of empowering and supportive content for you to soak up, not to mention the show notes for episodes like this one and information on how you can connect to us via social media and also join the private members Facebook group. Be sure to check it out. And in the meantime, let's get back to this awesome episode of the podcast you talk about embracing who you are and, and not losing your identity. I think mm. it's something we all struggle with. It's something I've struggled with, you know, being in a male dominated industry. And I'll go as far as to say that there are times where I've changed parts of my personality or changed things that I wouldn't necessarily have said in a meeting room with women than what I've said with men present. Um, mm. And it, and it is, I think for a lot, for a lot of the younger girls out there, it's hard to stick to being who you truly are. Um, mm -hmm. Is that something that you think you've been able to do or do you think it's something you've learned how to do? I think I would say like, it's, it's something I, I learned uh, hopefully how to do. And I, I think it's, it's a, it's a journey you keep learning. Right. Because right. I think, you know, it, it's on a spectrum, right? Like, you know, there's your absolute core values, right. Which you're just not going to sacrifice for anything. And then there's the peripherals and, you know, it's just about like how big your boundary is, how like, you know, wide your peripherals will actually go. Um, and so I think, you know, over time, as you do gain your own confidence and stuff, you do feel more empowered to be who you really are rather than trying really hard to fit in and I also think this is like a little bit of like a success failure confidence journey that you have to take right you know with failures you just sometimes you overcorrect you're like oh is this who I truly am maybe I should change your mission like you're not even actually fully sure of who you really are exactly so do you yeah. set your boundaries and go like this is my hardcore value like it's super hard to go like you know, I, I'm not even sure who I am right um but I do think it is it is very important because like you know it's just like one of those things right like if your own value and if you don't respect yourself your own values then no one else will right like it really starts with you um and so the first part of that is like you know being true to who you are and you know feeling empowered to do that right and feeling good about it and i think it's really about the fact that like you know it is our diversity that will collectively help us make the right decision right like if everyone thought one way and if everyone had the same weaknesses and the same strengths then like any problem that we come out to like you know would just not be as strong because we've only thought of it from one way it's 
thinking about it from different perspectives and different angles and going like, yeah, let's tighten up, you know, this weak point and let's rethink about this proposal and all of that stuff. Um, and so, but yeah, I think uh, it's definitely something that I don't think like, you know, I had anything on day one. Um, like I said, I think maybe my journey probably started earlier than a lot of other people just because of, you know, being that immigrant kid. Um, but yeah, I will always say for everything, I'm, I'm just a work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. I like that. You, yeah. There's a nice little anecdotal story that you told um, when we were, were doing our talk, which was about you going in London and, and adapting to the pub culture. And, and obviously yeah. you, you don't drink and finding it a yeah. little bit strange that, you know, we're typically British, we're, we're always down the pub, but sometimes that's when, <laughs> people kind of you know talk with colleagues and, and maybe a promotional talk happens and yeah. and you feel like you're excluded sometimes I've had it in the past where you know I've been excluded because it's been a, a around about a conversation that's intertwined with football or something that I'm not necessarily mm-hmm. interested in and and so that was really interesting if you just explain to the listeners um yeah a little bit yeah. about your pub culture experience <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, like I said, like, so um, for those who don't know me, I am a practicing Muslim. And I mean, I don't, alcohol is like forbidden for me. And I have never, you know, took a sip of alcohol. And so, you know, the pop culture in, in, in the UK is like, this sort of like after work hangout, after work socialization place and stuff. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, initially when I got there and stuff, like, you know, I was just a bit surprised of how many people I found on the street, like, you know, standing outside of pubs and stuff. Even <laughs> actually sometimes in the middle of the day, I'm like, are you sure you're going to drink that much in the middle of the day? But <laughs> oh, yes. um, I, I think, I think you're, you know, the, the British ability to hold alcohol is probably like different to what I've seen in North America. Um, and so, yeah, no, I think initially when it kind of just happened and stuff, um, I, I at least tried it out. Like, you know, I didn't go and drink alcohol, but I went in there and I, you know, just either I stood around and drink nothing or like, you know, sometimes it was just like, you know, just like water that I would just drink and stuff. I think, you know, part of that experience is to actually like alcohol is a social lubricant, right? So like, you know, the whole activity is a lot more probably appreciated by someone who can drink alcohol because, mm-hmm. you know, at that point they're trying to numb their senses and they're, they have the social lubricant there. For me, it was just like a ton more of like small talk, small talk, small talk, maybe some work talk, but more small talk. And I was just like, I do this every day at work anyway. So like, this is not a way for me to relax. This is a way for me to get more socially exhausted. Um, And also, by the way, as a person, like, I think I'm I'm truly actually an introvert. Um, And so like, you know, the full day of socialization and just like meeting and talking to people, like, it's not like I can't communicate, but it does take a toll on me, right? Like I need to come home and have a little bit of me time. And that's just how I decompress and stuff. Um, And I was just like, wait, how much longer do I have to do this? Like, this is not benefiting me anyway. It's just adding more tax. And it's a completely optional activity. So I'm like, well, if this is not required part of my job, then I'm not doing this. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I, I do think like a lot of crucial, important conversations do happen there. And it does set you back because if you're not part of the conversations. And I mean, I have my restrictions and like why I don't feel that I need to go and, and attend those. Um, I know a lot of other women, like, you know, they needed to leave sharp at five because like, you know, they're, need to go and like catch up with their babysitter who's at home or their nanny mm. um you know to get their kids and stuff so i think you know this this culture is just overall a little bit like i would say unfavorable to women who a lot of these responsibilities do fall onto um and yeah i mean i, I like i'm not gonna lie and go like no everything's swell and like you know nothing none of no important topics ever happens there and so this doesn't matter to me at all it's totally an optional socialization event and that's going to be a lie that i'm going to be telling myself and, and, and to this audience um but again i think it's, it's those things to go like yeah you are 
in a place where the odds are stacked up against you. But it's just a question of can you actually rise from that? And if you do think about it in the larger grand scheme of things, right? You know, we're still very lucky. We still have a lot, right? Um, you know, there's people who are just like, you know, so unprivileged and who who still like, you know, rise out of it and stuff. Um, so if you do want something like, you know, you can make a change and stuff. And again, I feel like I have this like really early advice that always like comes and, and creeps up to me, which is just like, you know, if you do good work, like, you know, the titles and the money and all of that stuff will follow. Like maybe it'll take you a bit longer to do that work. Um, but that is, it is how it is, right? Like, you know, you need to figure out like, again, like what your boundaries are and like, you know, what your values are and how much, how much importance do you give to your own values, um, to who you are and like, you know, how far will you go? Um, but yeah, that's, that's just how it is. It's, it was a very interesting experience for like in the first couple of weeks. And after that, I was just like, yeah, this is totally not for me. Binder tried it, not for me. So, I, love like, I, I would go home super exhausted. <laughs> I mean, it's exhausting. Yeah. The, the drinking culture is, is not great. I like, I like the term uh, social lubricant. That is, yeah, it's spot on. Um, mm-hmm. You talk about, um, dropping the ladder for other women mm. and I think for me one of the things by doing this podcast and, and meeting other women that's really come to light is as a woman in construction I would often read when I was younger you know I, I'd read um, books from women that had broken through the glass ceiling and that win position mm. high positions in, in many different industries and I think you know I'm out in a field in the middle of nowhere dirty boots just trying to wait my way in an industry where there is no other women I can't relate to the whole like lean in um Mm. you know boardroom situation and then when I started to talk to more people I started to realize actually just because they're in a more senior position or they wear a suit to work or they're in tech the same issues apply nine times out of ten and and that is really important it doesn't matter whether you're you know working in a craft or in the arts Mm. or you know it it it, those issues are still there for women so it's really nice because it breaks down that barrier of of knowing that you guys are human as well like you know just because you meet this higher position and these amazing you know you have gone through very similar experiences um so that's super nice and dropping the ladder is one of the things that I'm super passionate about. And it is really hard when you hear stories of women saying, you know, um, I've worked with other women and it's not gone well, um, mm. helpful, et cetera, et cetera. Why, A, why do you think we have that still as an issue? And, and B, mm. what would you say to any women that are coming up that, you know, are striving forward and have the girls down below them um mm. you know what should we be doing what what you know what is going to help others do you think so i think on your first part of it um where why do i think that's happening i think to be honest i think actually that's that's human nature right um it's just like you know there are going to be some humans who are going to be like you know have their own complexes have their own sort of like um prejudices like you know they're going to have their own um insecurities Right. And, and, you know, they are going to feel like the, that kind of person of like, I've had to work so hard. Why should I make it easier for anyone else? Right. right. But I don't think this is like an inherent woman quality. Like, I don't think it's an inherent, like, you know, it's an inherent, like human quality. Some people, you know, are nicer than others. And some people <laughs> have more complexities than others. And some people have more insecurities than others. Right. Um, again, I think in our case, like, you know, there's just 
A, there's just so few instances, right? So if, you know, there's like going to be five instances of like, you know, it, someone could help you, someone could not help you. Then in those cases, if there's two of them that someone could not help you, well, that makes almost to like 40% of it, right? right. So they're like, you know, almost just like, um, you know, in a, if you look at it in a microscope, like, you know, there's just like way more just like, you know, put under the, the microscope and just like, you know, expand it and, and enlarge and gone like, oh, you know, that must be the case for all of them, right? Rather than just thinking like this is just a human average, right? You will encounter good people and you'll encounter bad people, right? Um, I do think like, you know, it, it does probably challenge and, and make a lot of people do question the fact that like, you know, do, because the thing is, again, if you do think about it, with men, they don't have to actively think about it because, hey, there's so many of them. And even if every single man did nothing, like the system just designed a way to like let more of them through, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas for women, like either you have to like fight and like, you know, like push your way through or you need to like, you know, make sure you're the nice person and like, you know, they like, you know, um, extend the ladder for others and stuff. Um, so I think, you know, maybe the situation in the positions in which we're put in like you know it becomes more of a harder question for each of us to answer um and then the question is just like well you know well why why does someone else not have to go through the challenge that i've had to go through even though every single woman has had to go through a lot of challenge right um but i just think it's a human quality right like you know there's some people who are just like you know a lot more like you know think a lot more about the welfare of others and there's others who do not think of it just because women are put in that situation and have had to make that decision i don't think we should like you know just uh, focus in on them and then just go i guess this is an inherent sort of like woman quality with men it doesn't exist right they're just probably not put in that situation in the first place um because of how just the entire system is and then to your second question um she forgot was it like why is it important or like why should people be doing it yeah like what like yeah yeah and how best do we do it like how do we extend that we've got busy lives we're working we're mm -hmm. trying to push through in these industries it's so hard and then yeah you know social media helps i think massively yeah. um but then sometimes you think you know why am i doing this why are we talking about this and for mm. me, it's it's because it's a chicken and the egg. Like we have these yeah. certain situations now, and we're never going to mm. get them better for the future generations if we don't help yeah. others in. It's we're just going to be back to yeah. square one. Exactly, exactly. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think like one way, good way of thinking about this is like how much better would your life have been if someone was there for you right mm. so just because you didn't have anyone doesn't mean that you can't be that someone for someone else right, right? like how much you know the, not how much easier but like even from like a moral support perspective right like even for like the fact that you don't have to go out and like you know shout about like your strengths and your weaknesses and, and who you are as a person and what goals you could do if there was just someone there who could have been your sponsor Right. Um, and then just like, you know, and if you don't even think about it for yourself, like, you know, think about it for yourself. Like, I strongly believe in karma. So, like, you know, karma is a way of like, you know, paying it forward. So, if you do it today, like, you know, don't you think there's going to be like future generations after you, whether that's not your own, you know, set of generations and stuff, whether that's like, you know, your friends or your niece or your nephew, right? Like, how much easier would the workplace be? Not easier, actually. I would just say, like, how much bit more fair would it be right if you did have like others who acted in that this way and stuff right and i'm not trying to say that you reward people you know who don't have merit right like this is literally about going about and figuring out those people who have the potential um and really like you know trying to figure out like how are ways in which you can work to help them so that they can realize their potential um i think it's best if you've had 
like even if it's been a very small instance in your career and again it doesn't have to be like you know a woman doing it like you know a previous sort of like you know female coworker doing it for you it could have been, even been like a male coworker who did mm-hmm. it for you right and just going back and thinking about those things and just thinking you know how much of a difference it made to your life and and now thinking about the fact that like you actually have been blessed with this opportunity that you could make a difference right so again you don't have to go out and help every single person like i think the thing is like it's this implicit choice that we make about our time right like the things that we say yes to there's we're implicitly saying no to a bunch of other things mm-hmm. so you actually have to be very explicit with your time and know that when you do say yes to one thing like you are just saying no to something else even though you might not be like explicitly saying no to that um so even if it's just like focusing on like you know one or two cases and just saying you know you just don't have the bandwidth to support others but like really working through that like you know i think that would really help us all too because i think another challenge is like sometimes you're just so overwhelmed with like so many things just pounding at you and you're just like well i'm already struggling myself yeah. and now you want me to help others like <laughs> you're just gonna like put your life jacket on first and then you help others and yeah, exactly. that's really true like i think you do need to put yourself in a position in which like you do feel like you can help someone else and until you get there like you know it is fine to be a little bit selfish but once you do get there like you know pick wisely and, and choose and, and choose a limited set but like do try to do your bit of it because like you know all of this stuff is like I just feel like life is a really unique way of paying it forward so yeah no definitely and you talked um I remember you said that there was someone in your career who just sat that you sat you down once and said um you know you've got this you are good enough and you said how yeah. how the, that small sentence made the world of difference to you um yeah, because you felt a little bit of imposter syndrome. And yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that is, is, is incredible. And like you say, one sentence. And sometimes that's all it takes. Yeah, literally. And that's why I'm not trying to say that you make, you know, life easier by someone by just going like, oh, now you just get this promotion and you easily get this promotion. I don't think any of that stuff ever means that way. I think it's like those words of encouragement, um, those words of like, you know, inspire, like that can inspire confidence in you, that can help you feel empowered to be who you are. Right. Mm. So there's this like trajectory that we all sort of work towards a path that we work towards and we're relatively shaky until someone comes in and holds their hand and goes like, no, you're doing fine. Mm. Right. Um, And, you know, it's just it's finding the right set of balance of, you know, it's like if you've ever walked at the edge of a hill, like how shaky you are versus if you have walked in the middle of the road. Right. It's not like you magically take up more space when you walk in the middle of the road right or you know the edge of the hill just doesn't have that much like space for you to walk onto but I think it's just that confidence right that's that inherent confidence that you know if someone came on that edge of the hill and held your hand you'd walk with a lot more firmness and a lot more confidence because you're like yeah I have someone there to like you know even catch me if I fall kind of thing right um or be my support and stuff whereas like you know if you walk in the middle of the road like you just have that inherent confidence so I think it's about like you know going on journeys in which you where you are very shaky where you can stand with firmness and with confidence and with courage um and i think you know having additional sponsors and mentors and people who like you know are there to just kind of like sometimes just watch over you right i think you know that really helps so and if you can be that for someone else you can go and you know find some other woman who's walking at the edge of the hill and they're like very shaky and and as they should be and you just go and hold their hand like i think that that will make a world of a difference to their journey on that edge of the hill yeah and i think there's i talked about this on my last podcast with um liv and she discussed the fact that sometimes we're uh, you know she um 
did an interview with the founder of uh, Netflix and mm-hmm. um, I think she was slightly worried about reaching out you know mm-hmm. this person you see as as high up or has, has, has gone past where you are in your career and I think as women sometimes and again generalizing a little bit but we we don't mm-hmm. want to reach out because we don't want to cause trouble um, mm-hmm. but the reality is we there's a lot of women out there that want to help each other because we're mm-hmm. learning from each other as well and just because yeah. you haven't got to the top of your field doesn't mean you haven't got something to give right exactly yeah 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 I think even actually like I said like just having that support system so for me like you know I, I went through like you know sort of like a little bit of like probably a little bit of an emotional phase and I was trying to collect myself like do the things happening as work um and one of the things that helped me the best was just like you know reaching out to other women who and then them just talking about like hey you know I face this too right mm-hmm. um and it's not like about like oh misery loves company so thank you for like telling me about your troubles <laughs> and not just feel better about mine but it was just yeah. like oh okay you know it's good to know that others have also gone through similar challenges and yeah. it's not like you, you're oblivious to that completely like you do know about them but I think it's it's just in those times to be reminded of that and then just to go like keep on going right? Like just have the confidence of just, let's just keep on going, right? Because I think it's, it's, it's a very emotional thing. Like if you're down, like, you know, sometimes you can make, you know, that sort of like very emotional decision in which you're just like, you know, just, I just want to leave everything. I just want to move off because it's so unfair and this is just like wrong and I don't want to do it and stuff. And then, and you forget like, A, how far you've come and like what you're mm-hmm. going to be leaving onto the table, the potential that you're leaving on the table. Um, and I'm not trying to say like, you know, stick through all your challenges. Like sometimes it is better to just walk away if you're just not, if there's no hope for you, you know, in that position, that role, it's fine. But I think, you know, you need to think about it very objectively. Um, and I think it's it's in those times where you have the right set of support that you can think straight, you can, your judgment isn't cloudy. So, yeah, I mean, the biggest takeaway that I'm getting from you and, and you such positive vibes is that. I like the realization that we've got all these issues like Mm. there's no doubt about that that's the reality but take a step back like you say take the emotion out look at the situation and then and then push forward um Mm. and and that to me sounds like how you've got to where you are is is that constant positive outlook and but you're honest and you know it's not always there you there are challenges and and you have to but at the end of the day you've got to find I suppose the golden nuggets of positive vibes to push through um in all situations yeah and I think it's also about how can you channel that anger that frustration and channel it in a very positive way right and so I think you know it's it's actually sometimes the energy that comes within us like don't ignore it just don't go like oh hush up like you know go at the back yeah. of my mind kind of thing right like it's about like actually immersing into that emotion and then just going like right how can I use this in the most sort of like positive direction forward right like how can I just yeah and I think to be honest like the person that I do that for the most is for myself right yeah. like I think I would I, I I always you know strongly believe that commiseration leads to misery right and it's very self-misery right like I I think you know there even when you talk about venting and all of that stuff um I think there's sometimes like a healthy amount of venting where you shouldn't bottle everything up you should you know let it out and you should share but I also think there's very unhealthy amount of venting and I think you know that's when you can go into a very negative spiral mm-hmm. where like you know if constantly you're you're that person because also imagine of like the impact that you have to the people that are around, around you, you yeah. right like if you're just that and, and I, I actually got into that phase like you know probably sometime like last year and stuff where like um and I and I actually you know saw a therapist for that too a, a bit and stuff and I think it improved my situation was just like you have so many challenges at work and so any co-worker any friend that you find like you know 
probably like five minutes into the conversation, you're just talking about that because you have so much bottled up inside of you. And at that point, I was just like, wait, I must be the most miserable person to be around. Like, I would not want to hang out with me right now, right? And I was just like, wait, something needs to change bigger here, right? So either you need to collect and compose yourself or honestly, sometimes the problems are bothering you so much you need to do something about that problem. Yeah. But I think even like observing yourself like over a period of time to go like, how are my actions, right? And like, also it's like, you know, a lot of times like, you know, people, people talk about that from like a perspective of dating, right? Like, you know, become that person that you'd want to date. But I think you should think about that in every aspect. Like, would you want to be friends with yourself, right? Would you want to be, you know, <laughs> yeah. someone who like, you know, you reported into, right? Like in, in all those situations and, and, you know, really be on this journey to try to become like the best version of yourself, right? Like, again, it's not becoming anyone else, but it's just becoming better of like, you no, know, you know, you're better than that, right? And, and, and be on that journey. But yeah, it is quite selfish because I know if I feel like just down and miserable, like it's fine for like a little bit of after that, you're just like, this is, this is depressing. I don't want to be this way. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard to get out of them because you couldn't that spiral. And yeah, <laughs> like I love that outlook of not wanting to be friends with yourself. I'm sure in the past, that's pretty much been the occasion for me. Um, it's a nice way of kind of putting yourself outside the situation and looking in. Uh, Cause I think yeah. we forget to do that. Don't we? we forget to stop and think. Mm. And like you say, a- events sometimes can get a little bit like that when there's so many women in the room, we've got all the, you know, Oh my God, years of this and suppression and all this. And then yeah. you, you kind of come out and you think, I don't know if I feel empowered or if I just feel miserable because we've just all talked about how hard everything yeah. is. Exactly. And I mean, I think, I think different people are different, but I do know like persons for myself, like I do thrive off of people and their positivity and their optimism yeah. a lot. Right. So at least that's what I thrive to like put myself into. And I mean, this is a very like sort of small example, but, um, and I'm sure that person doesn't even, even remember who I am, but like, I think they left such a big impact on me. So this is like a little bit of a story, but we did these like, um, sort of writer journeys. Um, and this was somewhere in the North. I forget exactly where it was somewhere even more North of Manchester. Um, and we, as the delivery leadership team, you know, went on, um, deliveries with like the writers that we have in that area. Right. And one of them was with a car and it was like the two of us who sat in that car and believe you not, that person has still left such a lasting impact on me because, in that entire car ride, you know, it was raining, it was cold, it was wet. They had to like, you know, get out of the car and like probably walk for like five minutes before they got to a place where they were able to collect their delivery order. And then the same sort of thing happened when they had to go and give it to the customer. But not once did I hear that person complain. He was like the happiest person. I, I just the most content person I've come across because he's just like, yeah, you know, like the business is good. Sometimes I get the orders, sometimes I don't get the orders. Um, like, you know, but I have this thing going on the side and this is happening that happening and I was just like wow like you know you, you didn't complain about the weather you didn't complain about that it's raining and that it's miserable for you to get out in the rain and walk this much for your delivery or that you have to wait at the restaurant while they were like making the food you didn't call anything about like this is so frustrating this is so annoying um but I, sometimes I just I really think back to that individual I don't even know his name um and I'm just like you know if that person in that situation which again maybe from an objective perspective like I wouldn't have the same attitude but if they could be positive like what's holding me back kind of thing. Um, And I mean, I I still think about it. I'm like, you know, that person, but just, they didn't talk anything to me directly, but just them and how their own outlook was on life and the challenges and and what they were thinking about it left such a positive impression on me. Like, imagine, like, you really need to think about, like, the impression that we leave to the people that we communicate and interact with. And, and we forget the fact that like, you know, it's, you don't want to be the negative dump or the negative energy yeah. on, on someone else. So 
and it's it's your legacy isn't it it's what people are going to remember you for is like when they worked alongside you like what was your attitude like so that that is really important yeah that's amazing I'm so glad that we got to connect and um you've given me some wonderful anecdotal stories and and also some you know some knowledge there that a lot of people are going to benefit from so I really appreciate appreciate that um what what's next for you uh, before we close this off? What, what where where do you see yourself? Um, what's next for me? I mean, I think I'm I'm still you know quite engrossed in delivery in terms of like what we need to do as a company and as a mission and stuff. And I mean, I'm still enjoying it. It's still like it's still interestingly chaotic and a challenging place and stuff. Like you know, I I don't think to date I've gotten bored with delivery, um, because that's usually the, the time where I start thinking to go like you know do I want to keep solving the same set of problems but yeah thankfully at Blue Blue I think it's just been a different set of problems that I have been solving and it's it's kept me um on my toes and kept me interested um yeah I mean I I don't know I think I I don't plan out too far because I just don't think the really far out plans really work but I do have aspirations um and I think for me you know doing more work alongside like something that has a social impact like you know something Mm -hmm. in which you know I could still like I could benefit from my expert skills and expertise and you know bring that to the table but you know the takeaway for that would be some sort of like meaningful social impact um especially social impact that goes and like you know helps other women and helps especially young women um how they think about education and how they feel empowered um i I think you know that because i think those are just challenges that I've faced personally and I think that's why it's so close to home um so doing something alongside that what exactly it is I have no idea um when is that it's gonna like pan out no idea either um so so far yeah just enjoying delivery um you know um and just like appreciating again like the position that I'm in trying to make the most out of it um but from an aspirational perspective like that's something that I think about a lot and I I I wish some some somewhere in the future like you know I could be positioned to um, in a role where I could have a social impact. I mean, I think you already do right now. And I think whatever you do have planned for the future will be fantastic. Um, I've no doubt in that. And uh, I look forward to following your story. So thank you so much for being an awesome guest um, and reconnecting with me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I'm so excited for everybody to hear this. Yeah, thank you. And I just wanted to say, like, honestly, like the work that you're doing and like, you know, connecting with women and getting their stories out. Like, yeah, like I think a lot of times, like when I do these talks or when I do any sort of thing, like I always just think back to go like, wow, I wish I had that when I was very young. Right? Right. I never had any of that stuff. So, um, yeah, like I think the impact that you're just having through this podcast and, you know, honestly, like, you know, being a guest to this stuff is easy enough. It's just like a one off thing. But like, you know, again like so much of the stuff is just being persistent and being resilient and doing it consistently and I think that's what you've been doing so yeah thanks a lot for that I think you know you have I, I think so many people are going to benefit from it so yeah oh thank you very much the super kind words and yeah I look forward to continuing our friendship because it's nice yeah. when I connect with the women out there and and seeing where where your life leads as well um it's wonderful and I think we can all make quite a big impact together yeah we um, can even yeah, every can. little thing counts so yeah exactly thank you so much rama absolute pleasure i'm going to let you go back to enjoying your weekend and um i look forward to speaking to you soon yeah you too thank you Michelle. all right take care thank you bye. very much bye